Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Every week, as you know, we travel the world buying gaudy clothes in Italy, watching dogs jump off the Eiffel Tower, and stopping off in Britain to topple Stonehenge. Yes, all this in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets, all the while listening to bad 80s music and making videos on our VHS cameras. Hey, this week, though, we're traveling from Europe to the U.S., taking a tour of monetary policy. And the Fed is set to announce its interest rate hike decision this week. At this point, a rate hike is almost a foregone conclusion, but we'll take a look at what's in store down the road for interest rates. We'll also preview this week's economic calendar. We'll look back at last week's monetary policy decision out of Europe. The central bank surprised the markets with an extended easy money plan. Boy, I could use one of those. And uh, we'll even detail that decision by the ECB. As always, we'll travel to some of the world's most out-of-the-way spots especially those on Wall Street. And we'll even try to broker a wrestling match between the future first daughter of the country and the current first daughter of the WWE. We'll look at the way a student-athlete is not like an employee, at least in the opinion of a federal court, and we'll even look at Amazon's plan to sell produce without checkout lines. Hey, we'll even celebrate Hanukkah with some donut whoppers from Burger King. (laughs) This is the I Just Can't Get Over episode of Offbeat Wall Street. There it is, there it is, there it is. I know. I can't seem to get over to the left, honey. I'll try next time. Sorry. We'll get out of this jam in a minute. Kids, Big Ben, Parliament again. Well, the Fed will be in focus this week. Doesn't it seem like it's in focus every week? Eh, well, we'll get to them a little bit later then. Well, first, we want to stop off in Europe, which made its latest policy announcement last week. Now, the European Central Bank said that its asset purchase program is being extended longer than anticipated, kind of like the return policy at Best Buy. Meanwhile, the bank also said that it will slow the pace of purchases. The ECB said it decided to continue its asset purchases at the current monthly pace of 80 billion euro until the end of March 2017. The asset purchases are meant to stimulate the economy. The tactic has been used by central banks when interest rates are low and rate cuts aren't possible or would only have a minimal impact. The ECB's president said that the asset purchases could be expanded or extended if the economic outlook worsens in the future. And before you go on Wikipedia, the ECB president is Mario Draghi. Donald Trump, meanwhile, roiled the health care sector this week. The president-elect vowed to lower drug prices as part of his Person of the Year profile in Time magazine. This prompted some worry about drug and biotech stocks with the specter of the Mylon EpiPen battle worrying investors. Otherwise, though, Wall Street has been generally predicting a low-energy regulatory environment under a Trump administration. Last week, he named a guy who's suing the EPA to head the agency and was rumored to be nominating a fast food executive as labor secretary. Drug companies are probably thinking, why us? Billionaire investor Warren Buffett has given his approval to Trump's economic chops, sort of. The Oracle of Omaha at least doesn't see disaster in the future. That's kind of good. Buffett, you may remember, was a staunch supporter of Hillary Clinton says he isn't too worried about the U.S. economy or the stock market over the next four years. This even despite the fact that the famed investor thinks that there's a good chance that Trump's term will include a recession. All this was revealed in an interview with Fortune, which took place the week after the election. Buffett, of course, is the chairman of conglomerate Berkshire Hathaway, which includes diverse businesses like Geico and Dairy Queen. Ooh, somebody get me a dilly bar. Would you like something to drink? Ellen, you want something? No, no, thank you. Uh, I'll have a Coke. Do you want that in the can? No, have it right here. Well, as we mentioned, the uh, spotlight hogs, the Fed, will be the main focus this week, as they always are. 
Seriously, get a hobby, Fed. The central bank is set to announce its latest rate decision on Wednesday. The markets are almost universally predicting a rate hike of a quarter point. According to trading in the options market, there's about a 97.2% chance of a rate hike, so holding rates steady has about the same odds as the Pittsburgh Pirates currently getting to win next year's World Series. (laughs) Very low, in other words. So next week is pretty much in the bag, as they say. From there, the markets expect the Fed to hold off for a while. And there's a very little chance that a further rate hike will take place in February or March. Trading indicates about a 40% chance of a further increase by May. By the Fed's June meeting, higher rates become the favorite with about a 55% chance of a second rate hike by then. Now, the Fed isn't the only thing on the horizon for this week, thank goodness. Some economic data is due out as well. The government's going to release its latest reading on retail sales. Of course, this report is especially important this time around. It gives a look at the health of the consumer headed into the all-important holiday shopping season. Last time around, the stats came in better than expected. Retail sales rose eight-tenths of one percent for October. This was a slight slowdown compared to the 1% gain seen in September, but economists had expected growth to slow to six-tenths of a percent, so a little better than expected. Elsewhere on the economic front, this week we'll see a couple of reports on inflation. Stats on both producer prices and consumer prices will be released. Inflation has been in check for quite a while now, and there's no expectation that these reports will show anything different. There's also some data due out on industrial production and on housing starts. All right, turning our heads to corporate news slowly so we don't get dizzy. Only a handful of companies are set to report earnings this week. Now, we're currently winding down the final quarter of the calendar year, so most companies won't start reporting their results until mid-January. However, a couple of big names are on the schedule for this week. Oracle is among the highlights, meaning the company. (laughs) The business software maker announced a disappointing result when it gave its last update in September. This time around, though, analysts are looking for a fairly ho-hum report, as opposed to a bah-humbug report. The company is expected to report lower profits in its latest quarter, even despite a slight improvement in revenues. The top line is projected to rise about 2%. Oracle's report will be joined by figures from another big-name enterprise software maker. Adobe is set to release its quarterly results as well. Expectations for Adobe's performance are somewhat higher. The company's profits expected to jump substantially from last year. Revenues are expected to rise more than 21%. This would follow a blockbuster report in September, which saw the company beat expectations and send shares to new highs on the year. And also on this week's thin earnings calendar, there's furniture retailer Pier 1 Imports and payment systems maker Verifone. Maybe it's broken. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a leg. Honestly, I've got another one. Yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll just uh, just pop into the chemist. (laughs) Be right as rain in the morning. The final isn't until Sunday. Oh, good. Well, Uh, Oh, uh, sorry to bother you. You uh, you haven't seen a bike around here, have you? Oh, yeah, sure. It's right here under the car. All right, each week we like to turn off our GPSs and uh, wander blindly into the woods for a little bit and take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. So, here's a few of our quick hits. All right, last week, the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of the NCAA in a dispute, denying student-athletes' demand for minimum wage for their time. A couple of former students sued the NCAA and more than 120 Division I member schools. They argued that student-athletes are employees within the Fair Labor Standards Act. They played on the University of Pennsylvania's track and field team while attending university. Under the Fair Labor Standards Act, employees are to be paid at least a federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. 
However, the federal appeals court ruled against the athletes, stating that they didn't qualify as employees of their school. So sports is only sort of like a job, according to the 7th District Appeals Court. And now on to some things that are sort of like sports, namely politics and professional wrestling. Well, last week, President-elect Donald Trump announced that he intends to nominate former professional wrestling executive Linda McMahon to serve as the administrator of the Small Business Administration. McMahon is the former CEO of the WWE, which is operated by her husband, Vince McMahon, and she's also a former Republican Senate candidate. I'd like to propose a trade. If Linda McMahon gets to join the Trump administration, then Ivanka has to face Stephanie McMahon on Raw. I'm just kidding. Don't put me in a figure four leg lock. Hey, speaking of popular heels, you too can have your own Rince Priebus in your pocket. A startup called The Company has a mobile app that touts itself as a chief of staff app. Last week, the company announced that it had raised $20 million in funding. The beta version of the app was launched in August. Now, according to the company, it acts as a chief of staff by, quote, curating and intelligently managing their network and relationships, unquote. How does it do this? by integrating with the user's email, contacts, calendars, and social and professional feeds. <laughs> My favorite feature is that it supposedly scours millions of publicly available sources to provide detailed briefings on meeting participants. Yeah. Hey, moving on, Amazon has killed all the brick-and-mortar business, so now it's going to open one of its own. <laughs> Makes sense, right? The online retail giant is opening a grocery store. The twist, though, is that it's going to eliminate the need for a checkout. The store is called Amazon Go. Now The customers will have to use the Amazon Go app to enter the store and can take whatever products they want and just walk out of the building without waiting in a checkout line. The Amazon Go's technology automatically detects when products are taken from or returned to the shelves and keeps track of them in a virtual cart. Amazon plans to open its first Amazon Go store in Seattle in early 2017. Finally, we end on a happy holiday note. Donut Whoppers for Hanukkah. Yeah, the Burger King has introduced a donut burger in Israel to celebrate the Jewish holiday. The burger's name, which I won't even try to pronounce, is a play on the Hebrew word for donut. You'll just have to trust me on this one. The burger will be sold for about four bucks. Well, that's it. Thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show, so it's very helpful. Bad reviews will just give you a scornful look from yours truly. Don't do it, really. I have children to feed. Also, let all of your friends know. Check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet. And that's spelled offbeatwallstreet, S-T like you see on the street signs. And, of course, thanks to the big BS for all the script writing and co-production of the podcast. Ryan Stewart, we couldn't do it without you. Well, we could. We could just do it a little more cheaply. And a special thanks, of course, to our great friends at RTT News for providing a lot of the news and stats we use in the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, I just want to leave you with a tip. If you're doing business overseas, it's ideal if you speak the local language. But if you don't, it's probably best to stick to English. Carcone! Ah! Uh... New Boulogne Commander, that's your name, please. Have a great week, everybody.